0: Today's title for our message would be, My Thoughts and My Ways Are Just. So, the word of God that is coming to each and every one of us, I'm sure, has been helping us to uh, introspect ourselves, examine the way we've been living our lives And uh, fixing our way of thinking, the way of behaving, the way we have uh, grown up to where we are today versus again growing back into being the child of God, being more like his child and being that innocent, pure and holy person, right? That's what God wants from each one of us. So today we will understand one very important aspect of The Lord and uh, today's word, when it is coming to each one of us, if we can use the understanding with the help of the Holy Spirit, not with what we are understanding, not with the knowledge we have, but rather depend on the Holy Spirit, God, in your hearts right now, ask the help of the Holy Spirit to help you not to miss what the Lord is going to speak to each one of us now. So you should basically say, Holy Spirit, God, be with me and give me your understanding to be able to truly grab the life giving spirit and fill it inside. Me. This is how you pray to the Holy Spirit to help you, because this is a truly life-giving word that has come to us today amazing i've i'm telling you when <clears throat> the psalmist right david when he wrote the psalms in the bible and when he said that uh the word of god is like you know the uh, the the he he said it is so tasty to my soul it is its It is it fills the thirst of my soul. I'm actually experiencing, I'm sure all of you are also experiencing that the word of God is actually giving us a hope to get up tomorrow thinking there will be something good for me, right? If there is no word, if there is no God, imagine how would you wake up in the morning? Is there one driving factor in my life, which can give me that energy I need to start living is my question that I put. So when I said, okay, I take away this part of my life. And what is me, I felt that's the end of me. That's what I felt. But when I got this back into my life, I saw that only because of this word, Only because of what he is instructing and teaching me, I'm able to live every moment. The strength to my feet is because of this word. The way I'm walking is because he is directing me to put a step. I'm not walking according to the way I want to walk because I did that. And I fell down miserably and I got hurt and I fell in horrible situations but with his help when I'm going to take one step I'm waiting and seeking him saying Lord can I take this step if I take this step am I going to take the step in the right magnitude right way is it going to give me any kind of uh, regrets if I step this side this kind of examination is happening only because of His word that is coming into our lives. This word should be used only for us to know the way to live. This is not about religion. This is not about a religion. This is not about the name of the God, Lord Jesus Christ, but rather this is the life of a human being. The way God created and the way God has planned for us All we are doing through this word is going and sitting in that plan because we have gone, walked away, far away from that plan. Now, slowly God is drawing us closer and putting us in that plan. Once he puts us in the plan, what's more important is we stick in that plan and walk in the way which he found and brought and put us back there. So what the whole essence of us listening to the word of God is just not listening, but rather seeing God's ways, seeing God's path, seeing God's word. It's not listening. We should see when God is saying behave in the right way, talk in the right way, think in a right way. We have to see our lives. How we are, we are behaving, how I am thinking, how I am talking, what kind of words are coming out of my mouth? Every word that is coming out of my mouth, is this word going to hold me right in the side of God? Number one. Second question, is this word that is coming out of my mouth bringing honor to my father in heaven? Third, is this word that is coming out of my mouth bringing disgrace? My father in heaven? Fourth, is this word inviting the enemy to become my God? Fifth, is my God being dishonored and putting down his head in front of the enemy? So we are basically exalting the enemy over our father. Because of what we do. So when the word is coming to us. Let's analyze and see. If we are bringing disgrace and dishonor to the father. Or is my word giving honor to him. The king of heavens. The king of kings. The almighty father in heaven. Should he be disgraced. Because of a mere human being like me. Is he worthy of my humiliation and insult that I'm causing to him, these are the questions that should come to all of us. My thoughts and my ways are just, let's read Psalms eighty-nine, fourteen. This is going to be our foundation. And depending on this, the next walk that we do will lead us to the right path. Psalm 89 14.
1: Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before, walk before you as attendants. Mm. Foundation of God's
0: throne. That means if I have this righteous and just attitude in me, then I would bring the father and put him in my life, in my home. will be my king this righteousness and justice are actually the seat on which god is sitting which means whatever god does no matter how many may raise questions how many may contest no matter how many may talk about his existence Or his coming into this world, they may question about Lord Jesus Christ, saying he is a prophet. Some said he is a false prophet. Some said he is the son of a devil. Whatever. All those will become void because his basic character and attribute is he is always right. And whatever he does is always just. This he does not want to prove to us, but rather he is explaining it to each one of us about why he is always doing that which is right and why is he saying he has a just behavior because we, with our own understanding, we start evaluating everything around us thinking we are always right, but we are not God. The attribute of God is righteousness and justice. So how can I say a mere human being who is filled with wicked thoughts, whose heart is always deceiving, whose knowledge is so limited, whose experience is very, very naive, can even say that I am righteous? How can I say I'm have I I'm always right in what I say? No, I cannot. So before I could point out another person that he is wrong. Let me remember that even I have a lot of things which are wrong in me. So let me not talk about others and waste my time. Let me not talk about others as if I am always right. Let me not talk about others thinking I have a righteous behavior in me. The only one who is righteous is God alone. Only he has the evaluation authority about every human being, period. So if we have been evaluating anyone, let's stop doing that. Because today, the word that God has brought to us is saying that me, God, being righteous and just, when he is not in a hurry to pass his judgment yet, on the human existence. Why are we being in a hurry to judge everyone and pass our judgment on their lives? Let's not be so quick because we are not responsible for that person's life. Each person has their own problems that they're dealing with. Let's not contribute to increasing their problems but rather stay calm mind my own business, check and evaluate and examine my own self, the way I'm thinking, the way I'm behaving, the way I'm meditating, the way I'm controlling my sins in my hand. All these evaluation points is what we we have to focus upon. If you ask me, we have lost a lot of time already in our hands. What is remaining is the time best spent will be to self-examine constantly, make sure that every thought, every word, every aspect, every behavior attribute in me is bringing glory to him. That's it. So so my, my foundation should be like the way God's foundation is. And he says, the unfailing love and truth, they walk before God as attendees. That means... He's filled with love and truth so much that wherever he goes, there is unfailing love and truth. So if you are truly the believer of God, if we say that I believe in God, unfailing love and truth should be there in me. If I say I know God, I should be able to exhibit love towards anybody. Whether they are my people, whether they are my enemies, whether they are people whom I know, whether they are people whom I don't know, irrespective of that, unfailing love is God's attribute. That should be in me and the truth. No matter what happens, stick to the truth. Not to impress anybody, but always seeking God And glorifying God in everything that we do. What what does standing for truth mean? Is living with integrity. Not because somebody is watching I I behave. But I always remember that God is watching me every single moment of my life. And hence behaving in in the way I am not giving a, a blasphemy to him is what is called as living in integrity. Not to impress people. No, (laughs) impressing people is not what the disciples of Lord Jesus Christ should be doing. The disciples of Lord Jesus Christ should have unfailing love and truth in their life. That is why what God is teaching each one of us today is, how are you understanding the word of God? The word of God is coming and telling you that this is what God's attribute is. This is what God is asking you to do when you are being humiliated and insulted. This is what God is asking you to behave when somebody is coming and blaming on you. So all these instructions are given to us. This is knowledge. So I, I know that when somebody is blaming me, I should endure And take the blame quietly because God will fight my battle if I am not at fault. Rather than getting into self-pity, it is always best to repent and submit it to the Lord is what I have learned. So when I've learned this from the, the word that is coming to me, we have gained knowledge. Now that we have gained knowledge, when we step out and start doing our jobs, day-to-day jobs, that's where we have to implement what we have learned. And when you implement what you have learned, for example, God said, when somebody is blaming you, you keep quiet. If there is no fault in you, then God will take up that battle. So this is what we all know. So when I go and somebody is insulting me, blaming me, all that I should do is, Bless that person and say, this is not my battle. And stay calm. Even in my heart, no murmuring, no grumbling. And when I do this, the fruit that I will get is going to give me an experience. And that experiential knowledge is wisdom. So when, when I gain wisdom, this experiential knowledge will help me to help others who are going through the same situation by giving my example and my life as, as an example to them. And that's gospel. If, if, if I am preaching with my mouth and not living according to what I'm preaching, that is just knowledge. Just by knowledge, <clears throat> I won't go anywhere. But if if my preaching is happening through the way of living, that means... My gospel is my wisdom that I'm attaining from my knowledge that's coming from the word of God. So the way I live, the example that I'm setting to everyone around me, when a situation comes, when there is a problem, when there is a scenario where I should speak, where I should not speak, where I should give an advice, where I should keep quiet where I can go and help someone, where I should not help someone but just wait because that someone who is going through that situation is actually being nurtured by God. So God has his own plans to help that person. So you keep quiet. So a need that discerning comes only when I have knowledge and wisdom in me. Without wisdom, we cannot get the power of discernment. So when I'm able to discern, that means I'm able to understand the word of God through the knowledge and wisdom I have attained. So my application of what I am learning together will give me the right way to understand God and his ways. So this understanding is important because when a situation comes, I will be able to discern from where the situation is coming. What should I do to, to come out of this situation? And how am I supposed to come out of this situation is your understanding. So these three are very important aspects for all of us. Just going and reading Bible or going to a church or praying without having right knowledge, wisdom and understanding, cannot give us peace of mind, cannot give us joy or happiness. He does not want beautiful voices because David did not have a beautiful voice. He does not want loud music because that day when David sang, there was no music behind him, no band. He was dancing on the streets and singing. Even when his wife pulled him back back and said, don't dance you, everybody will laugh at you. He said, no, I'm not dancing for everyone. I'm singing my praises to the Lord in heaven and I'm dancing for him. And God loved it. All that God needs is sincere hearts and willing minds. Just by having sincere hearts, he will not recognize us. What's more important is sincere heart and willingness to receive. With a sincere heart, we come and sit down to listen. And when we are listening and when he's speaking, we should see that word coming and start examining and introspecting. And when we do this, that's when we are showing a willingness to and telling Lord, rebuke me even more. Lord, it is okay. I want your rebuke and punishment from you, is the best thing to happen to me. Because blessings are given. I, without asking, your blessings are flowing in my life. I'm not going to focus on my blessings, but I'm going to focus upon those blessings which I have stopped because of my own doings. This is why I'm coming and sitting in your presence to identify where me and my sins have become a stumbling block for what you thought in your plans to do for me. Because I'm obstructing your work in my life. So God's work in my life could be to transform me into a holy and pure person. And then by transforming me, He might want to touch hundreds of people by bringing glory to him himself. He wants to show me as an example that a useless person like her, if it has been turned out that this person's life is so beautiful, can I not touch your life and beautify you as well? This is what God wants to speak to everybody through our lives. So when I'm unable to receive the word of God, when I'm not showing that willingness to change, willingness to receive, I'm actually obstructing God's work. I'm actually stopping God from doing what he intends to do in my life. So now think about each one of your lives and think about that situation which is prolonging over a period of time. And look at that situation and and think now. Is that not situation prolonging in my life because of my lack of understanding? Because of me not understanding that I am the one who is obstructing God to take away that situation from my life. This we all have to understand. If we don't have this understanding, If we just say God, Bible, prayer, worship, that's it. If we don't understand this important aspect of our life, we can never see the blessings and the plans accomplishing in our lives from God. We can never have peace of mind, neither in our life, neither in our family's life. If we don't change the way we are thinking, if we don't show the willingness to transform, not to impress people only to impress God and God alone. If we don't have this mindset and this attitude, then we are failing miserably and we are actually the reasons for the way we are living today. It's not God. No, there is no need of even crying near God because it's not God. It's our doings, our thinking, our way of receiving things. Hence, it's, what's more important today is when we are coming and listening to the word of God, first, come with sincere hearts. Second, show willingness to receive and start seeing the word. Don't just listen, see the word. That word is coming as righteousness and just. See that word, see righteousness, see just. You have multiple examples in front of you, you have examples of Lord Jesus Christ. God himself showed displayed righteousness and displayed justice. That is what we are going to see today. The first point is God's ways are always right. We will see how he as an example is showing that his ways are always right. So the first point is God's ways are right, always right. Let's go to Matthew 20th chapter 1 to 7 verses. Matthew 20, 1 to 7.
1: Matthew 20, 1 to 7. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever the rate was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard.
0: Yes. So let's break this parable one at a time and understand this because this is the very reason why this parable is coming to us is to show his righteousness. So when when we are reading the first verse, for the kingdom of heaven <laughs> is like the landowner who went out early one morning. To hire workers for his vineyard. That means a person who is feeling worthless. A person who is not honored probably. Who does not have a living in this world. Spiritually. He will be offered a work to do. And when that work is offered. He will gain peace. Peace. He will gain joy and happiness. So kingdom of heaven is nothing but when a person is getting engaged in a satisfying job. Where there is no anxiety anymore. There is no worry. There is no tension. There is no pressure. There is no stress. Kingdom of heaven for all of us is Coming into the place that God wants each one of us to be. That's the first step. So when we are there, then there is joy, happiness and peace. Right? So here, the land owner is the father in heaven. The land owner is the father in heaven who is inviting each one of us to come and be peaceful. For which, what is he saying? Early one morning. Please read that verse carefully. It says, early one morning, he went out to hire workers. Early one morning is the day each one of us came out of our Egypt into the light that he has prepared for us. In the same way, each one of you have a day where God has touched you and brought you out of that darkness into this marvelous light. The day when you started seeing a hope in your life, that's the day which is the, that early one morning with brightness in your life. The hope that you gained that, yes, now I think I know he is there and he will help me to live. I know my sorrow will be taken away. I know he will help me to come out of my situation. That hope must have come one day to each one of us. That one day is that early one morning. Right? It doesn't matter. What matters is he is inviting everybody. He is not rejecting anybody saying you have too many sins in you. I can't take you in. He is not saying anything. His attitude, if you read from Matthew 21 to 7, his attitude is to bring as many as possible and give them work. Work to do so that they are focused upon examining themselves. They're focused upon cleaning up themselves. They're focused upon fine-tuning themselves and then harvesting the vineyard. This is the work of God. So when he is hiring, it says one early morning, he went out to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. The hiring that is happening here, that is the day when he called you. He chose you and workers. Workers are people who hold the knowledge of God apply the wisdom, gain wisdom by applying the word of God in their life and have the right understanding to do and live according to what they have. They are learning. That's the worker's job. That's the job for all of us. It's not cleaning church tables. It's not cleaning the church floor. It's not cleaning the church bathrooms. It's not that external work workers is to clean yourself inside the dirt that is filled in in our hearts because of different teachings because of following different people because of following or depending on human beings because of depending on our own understanding all this has actually accumulated dirt so he's appointing each one of us one to clean ourselves. two To be able to clean others as well by cleaning our own selves. Because when we are examining, if I say I found this sin in me and when I repented, God brought me out of this sin. Other people who are listening will get encouraged. Oh, if God has helped her, let me also confess. But if I hide my sins and behave self-righteously, I cannot save one single soul in fact I will become the reason to cause many souls to perish that's why God is engaging us to be his workers because we have to get this right understanding of what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven that's about workers vineyard what is this vineyard? This is the fa- field where we are growing and helping others grow along with us. Vineyard is one, you're building yourself, two, you're helping others also grow in in, in the same way you are growing. That is where God is engaging all of us. So for the kingdom of heaven, is like the landowner who went out early morning to hire workers for his vineyard. So this as a whole is the kingdom of heaven. So when God himself is calling us by our name and choosing us and appointing us for a work, hiring us for the work to grow in his vineyard, that itself is the kingdom of heaven where the calling is coming from him. It's not because I decided to sit and listen to the sermon. No, he will take a decision. He will say, okay, this is the right time to catch hold of this person. This is the right time to go and help this person. He will come. He will come and help us when we are in need. It is our choice that we are making if we have to take that help or reject that help. It's always our choice. Like that, God must have come to each one of us multiple times. How many times have we rejected? In in fact, I don't think even we will know that now. But when he is coming, he comes with this purpose to make us sit in that kingdom of heaven. So with this knowledge, wisdom, understanding, when we enter the kingdom of heaven, there is protection. We gain salvation. We are surrounded by that hedge of fire, which is God's knowledge, God's wisdom, God's understanding, God's knowledge, God's wisdom, God's understanding. This is where we all are sitting down today. This is where we have secured ourselves. That is the reason we are thinking before we speak a word. When we speak unwantedly, we are understanding and realizing we have spoken uselessly. We are accepting it, we are realizing it, we are repenting and asking Lord to forgive. That means you are in that knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Where the Holy Spirit is the one who is helping all through these things. So beautiful, right? That's how he keeps us intact. For this, we don't need a human being to become a mentor. Our mentor is Holy Spirit God. When he is our mentor, he knows where we need correction. He knows where he needs to fix us. Which thought of ours is having what kind of character in our heart. He plugs everything together and then he starts cutting the wiring so that he removes those unwanted characters from our heart and fills us with this unfailing love and truth. Third verse. Sorry, second verse. He says he agreed to pay. What is God paying us? God is paying us salvation. Salvation is what he's saying okay, because you are coming to work to harvest the field, I am going to give you $20. In the same way, God is saying because you have taken a decision, To transform, I will give you one more chance not to sin. That's why to the adulterous woman, to the leper, and to the blind man, what did he say? Go and sin no more. That is salvation. That is what he is paying to each one of us. It's a gift from God. And for this gift, in return, he is saying, repent. Confess your sins and take my rebuke. Show your transformation. Show your willingness to change. That is what I want you to do. And that's the work I want you to do. And this salvation, when he gives, he also is watching how each one of you are carrying that salvation. Are you being careful? Are you being thankful about that one more chance that he has given us? In our old life, we already lived the way we wanted to live. But today, when he has called us with our names, he has opened our eyes, our hearts, and he is pushing this word into me and giving me the salvation. How careful I am with this. Am I being very careful about it? Even when I'm sleeping, am I keeping the sal- Salvation aside, or I'm holding the salvation and sleeping quietly. Because remember, when we are sleeping along with me, even my sins are sleeping. My idols in the heart are sleeping along with me. I will sleep. The brain will sleep, but the heart is still active. So the idols in this heart which are sinful in nature my anger, my jealousiness, my bitterness my self-pity, my depression, they are still active and their actions are still going on. So based on what is filled in my heart, so will be my sleep pattern. I have a disturbed sleep. I have very bad dreams. I have fear day and night. I am getting up with no hope in the morning. I'm getting up disturbed. I'm feeling distressed. Because you're sleeping with your sins. You're sleeping with your weaknesses. But God has given you a salvation, right? So where is this salvation going? Is it, is, is it that you're keeping it aside and then sleeping with your idols? Or you're taking this salvation and keeping with you and saying no to the idols of your heart? What are we doing This is what God wants us to check. This is how we have to understand that he has given us salvation as a free gift. If you remember Ephesians 3rd chapter 8th verse, it says salvation is a gift. It has not come to you because you have worked according to the law, but it has come to you because God out of his abundant mercy has given that to you. So it's not our greatness. He considered, he showed consideration, mercy, and because of his unfailing love, he has given us one more chance to do it. So how are we doing it? Let's read Ephesians
1: 3, 8 and 9 once. Ephesians 3, 8 and 9. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was, shown, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Hmm. This
0: is what it is. So is there any reason why I should feel proud that today I have salvation and another person doesn't have salvation. no there is a time for everything. Can we shall we read Ecclesiastes 3: one
1: uh-huh. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes three verse one. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun. Under the sun. So
0: everything, there is a season, a time for everything. So there is a time defined for each one of us. And when God decides, nobody can stop it. Trust me. So let's not push our faith onto anybody. Let's wait. Let's wait for the Lord to take up that right time and decide, okay, now this is enough. This girl has to come and bow down in front of me because the word is saying, every knee shall bow down. Every tongue should confess that he alone is the Lord. Nobody has to force that. Nobody needs to be convinced to confess that God alone is the King of Kings. The whole world will have to bow down to him. So we should not push anyone into the faith. At the same time, we should also not get distracted that they are growing well in spiritual world. I'm not having that much knowledge. No, that is, this is the whole crux of this parable is that irrespective of the time when God has hired, all of them were hired to do one work, to harvest the field. All of us are being called to transform. All of us are being called to follow what he is giving us as an instruction. So none of us are more, none of us are less. Just because I have come in 2015 and you are coming just today does not mean I am greater, I am the first, I am more important to God. No. Just like the way he has called you, he has called me. Just like the way he has given you a chance, he has given me a chance. Just like the way you are handed over your salvation to carry it carefully, even I am being handed over my salvation to carry it carefully. If I have pride in me, I'm throwing the salvation and standing saying, oh, God called me in 2015 and seven years now, I know everything in the Bible. You ask me a verse, I can tell you, my salvation is gone. No point of me knowing any verse from the Bible. No point of me knowing how many years I have been in the Word. It's useless. Doesn't matter. He doesn't see us to be old or young. All he sees is my children. They are my children. He plays with us just like the way he's playing with Munish now. He plays with us just like the way he's playing with Bhargava and Vanshika now. He comforts us just like another person, a mother comforts their son. There's no difference for God. You're in pain, his hand is on you. Don't worry. You're worried about something, he's with you. He will take care of that one thing that is bothering you so much. Let him him control everything in your life because he has great plans for you. Don't get depressed. Depression is not from God. It's from the enemy. The enemy is making you feel that you're helpless. The enemy is making you see everything is negative around you. The enemy is deceiving you by telling, God is love. God is there for you, but he's not letting you to see that love is missing in your life. God's love is missing in your life. His power is missing in your life. The enemy will also use the word of God. You remember Matthew 4th chapter where He was having a conversation with Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy was talking, taking verses and keeping in front of Lord Jesus Christ and provoking him. So the enemy also knows the scriptures. Don't forget that. Be careful that the enemy does not let you see the power of the scripture. Only God will let you see the power of the scripture god alone will let you connect you to him so who is teaching you is very important if the person teaching you is connecting you to just himself and to the theoretical part of the bible that means the enemy is deceiving us there so we need to be very careful that's why knowledge, wisdom, understanding play a very important role in cross-checking ourselves. Who is teaching me? Who is guiding me? Who is mentoring me? All these three should be word of God, word of God, word of God. All these three should be driven by the Holy Spirit only, not by any human perspective. No. Only the Holy Spirit God should catch hold of us and lead us. (laughs) That's when we are in the right path. Now let's read uh, Matthew 20, chapter 28.
1: Matthew 20, 28. No, no. For evil? Eight. Oh, 20, verse 8 Mm-hmm. 20, verse Eight. <laughs> That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first.
0: Be careful here and listen carefully. He said, we will pay them last workers first and first workers last, right? So he hired some in the morning, nine o'clock, some later at uh, what time did he hire the rest? at three o'clock and some he hired at five o'clock. Now, all these three people he hired to do a work, right? And what does he say? He will do whatever he is right. That's what we're going to see now, right? So he called the foreman to call the workers in and pay them beginning with the last workers first. So ninth verse, let's read the ninth verse. Mm-hmm.
1: When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage.
0: Hmm. They all received a full day's wage, which is salvation. Everybody who came even at five o'clock, just before the day closed, were given their wages, full day wages. And whatever he's doing is right. Okay, remember this. Let's read the 10th verse. Mm-hmm.
1: when those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed that they would receive more, but they too were paid a full day's wage. Huh. So the, what, what happened here was a person who came at
0: nine o'clock was paid full day's wage. A person who came at five o'clock also got a full day pay, wage, which shows that for God, nobody is big, nobody is small. Nobody is greater. Nobody is least. For him, he wants to honor each one of us in the same way. He wants to give everybody all the spiritual gifts. He wants to give salvation to everyone. He wants to give blessings to everybody. All he needs is start working. Start working. And what are you working for? Your own salvation. Your own transformation. You are not doing any work for him. You are doing your own work. Your work to make sure this salvation is not being robbed by the thief. Making sure that you are guarding the salvation between the knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Your salvation is in between. This should be guarded by knowledge, wisdom and understanding. Your salvation is important. Your body will perish, but your soul, for your soul, for your spirit, you need this salvation, which is an everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven, for which he was paying everybody in the same manner. But let's see the human understanding now. Second point, our ways are always wrong our ways are always wrong matthew 20:11 matthew
1: 20:11 when they received their pay they protested to the owner mm. what
0: did they do people who came at 9 o'clock and 3 o'clock when they received the pay they were not happy that they got their pay but rather were unhappy that someone also got the same pay, which means here they were not having the right understanding of the work that God had given. One is they had forgotten their first love. They forgot that they were jobless, but because of God's mercy, I got some work to do. They thought that they were given work because of their skills and their capabilities and so on. In the same way, how many times are we thinking that because of my goodness, I'm getting a blessing? Because of my righteousness, I'm actually in the truth. Because of good qualities in me, God is blessing me. How many times are we thinking like this? Oh, I keep doing a lot of good things to them, but they, on the other side, have never shown kindness. But I wonder how God is blessing them. How many times do we make such statements when we see others prospering? How many times are we envying others when something good is happening in their life? And when we see there is no goodness in our life. This is not the attribute of God. This is not the quality of t- people who are to be in his kingdom. Here, these people who were in the kingdom of, in, in the, fa- the land, owner's land, who were harvesting, did not have clear understanding. Their understanding was dominated with logic. Their understanding was dominated with reasoning their understanding was dominated with devil's understanding. Only if we have devil's understanding, we will have questions about the scriptures, the word of God, God's actions, God's wisdom. Devil always had questioned God, devil's character. In Genesis 2nd chapter, When God had given instruction to Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit, what did they do? The devil came and said, is that so? Oh, did God say like that? I don't think this string of thoughts which is contradicting to the instruction is nothing but devil's understanding. A lot of times... When we are receiving the word of God, which is the truth, is actually snatched away because of this devil's understanding in us. He will throw this understanding into us. And while we are busy thinking, he would have taken that word and gone. We will we'll completely forget the word. This is what is happening in our lives. That is why some of our lives, the situation still persists. They exist like our shadows. Nothing is changing in our life because the way we are understanding the world is be- with our knowledge and understanding. It's not with God's knowledge and understanding. So I keep wondering how is how come the world is surviving without knowing this? They, they need help because the devil is ruling their lives. Lord, how, how can this word reach them? The only way is all of us. The only way is we show that little sincerity and willingness to learn. We each one of us will be transformed into those beautiful vessels in which God will start giving living waters to others. He needs each one of us. The transformation is not for us to live happily with our families. No, the transformation is to bring glory to his name, to show us as an example to others. This is the reason why God is calling and appointing. Those who are depressed should see us and get hope. Those who are filled with sorrow should see us and get some strength because of that comforting words that we give using God's knowledge and wisdom, nothing else. We don't need to show them Bible. We don't need to show God nothing. Just by your clean, holy, pure hearts and mind, give them comforts. Give them not not physical comfort, not monetary help. No, give them a hope to strive and stand up. When they are standing up, give them your shoulders. Every house is filled with depression and sorrow. We are those lights should, who, who should enter into their houses and show them that, listen, I was in your state. Today I'm happy. It's because he's there. Only we can proclaim and tell that he's alive, right? Right. The devil already has blinded the minds of this world. Nobody believes if if we say this is the truth, this is the way. They don't want to believe because the devil has deceived them so much. We are those soldiers. We are the evangelists. We are those apostles and prophets and priests for him to go and establish his word. This is our work. But what is our understanding? We are telling, Lord, I have come early in the morning at nine o'clock and you're giving me a full day pay. But why are you giving this person also a full day pay? None of our business. Where is unfailing love and kindness there? What we should remember is when I was useless, he gave me work. Thank you, Lord. That's the gratitude we should carry. But our understanding, this is every human being's understanding is we are not happy about what we have. We are sad about what others are having. We are not happy and satisfied and content about the beautiful family or the health that we are having. The very reason that we are living, we are not happy about it. We are always sad about what we are not having, what is not giving me the satisfaction. I'm always thinking about that and I'm spoiling that joy that God is giving me. Today, every moment in my life is his gift to me. Should I not be thankful and should I not be happy about it? Or should I be envious and jealous about another person's life? We, our focus is we need a job. When we get a job, we think of $15, $20. When we get $20, we are looking for $30. When we get $30, we are looking for $100. And we are always focusing upon who is getting more, who is better living, who is having a better life. We forget that we also have a life which itself is a better thing than someone who is no more living. We don't see things in our life because of our understanding. Let's read Isaiah 58, 2 and
1: 3. Isaiah 58, 2 and 3. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers.
0: You have an unjust behavior in you You are constantly murmuring and grumbling about things you don't have. You are not acknowledging the things that you have in your life. You are not accepting that God, in fact, has given you a beautiful life. You're not seeing the greater things that God has done for you, but you are rather complaining, murmuring, grumbling about what's not there in your life. You go about doing your mistakes. You go about doing what you want. You go about talking the way you want to talk. You go about shouting the way you want to shout. You go about cursing yourself. You go about thinking negatively. And then you come and sit and cry in in God's presence saying, Lord, help me, which is again self-pity. And in your self-pity, you expect God to answer your prayers. How fair and, uh, and just are we? This is what he is talking here in Isaiah 58 too. They act as if they're very pious. They come sincerely and sit. Oh, it is 5.30. I have to go. I have to prepare. I have to sit and I have to speak. But the way they live is an abomination to me. The way they think, the way they are in depression, the way they get anger the way they have pride in them, the way they have ego in them, all these do not exhibit my word in them. Because if we know the word of God, if I know the word of God, I shouldn't have all these in me. If a pastor is preaching, if a pastor is talking, if he or she exhibits these characters And say that I'm representing God. Who is your God? What kind of understanding are you in that you are leading all the people who are listening to you in that same understanding? That is why God always said, let it be the Holy Spirit God who is leading us. We don't need a human being to lead us. Let it be the Spirit of the Lord. And for that Spirit of the Lord, he needs a... A vessel. That vessel can be any one of us, right? He just needs a vessel, a sincere heart who has shown willingness, who has shown willingness to transform. That's it. For that, I don't need to have a beautiful voice. I don't need to punctually get ready and sit down. I don't need to come and make myself look as if I'm very sacred, I'm very holy and pretend. If if I know the word of God, all I will know is and realize is God knows your heart. He's watching your heart. You may deceive all of them by your outlook. But God can rip you apart and throw you and show your downfall to all of them. Remember that God does not entertain lies. No person who is having lie in them can hold the spirit of the Lord and the power to come and deliver the word. Hence, it's very important for each one of us to examine and see, am I really holding the salvation or has the devil snatched it away? He's giving us another chance. Our understanding always leads us to lose that salvation. God's understanding is important. God's knowledge and wisdom alone can give us the way to live, the way to speak, the way to think. That's why a person who is filled with God's word, a person who is having experiential knowledge, which is wisdom, and a person who is having God's understanding will never move, shake. They will be stable. They will stand still. Even if there is a tsunami around them, even if there's an earthquake, even if there is a worst situation going on in their life, all they will do is stay calm because they know that God said, be still. The Lord your God, will fight the battle for you. Your battle could be your sorrow. Your battle could be your depression. Your ba- battle could be your loneliness. Your battle could be your anxiety about your future. Give it to him. He will handle it. He knows how to handle it. He is knowledge. He is wisdom. So he knows everything. He knows how to resolve A problem from your math book. He knows how to resolve an issue in your code. He knows how to resolve a bank account problem. He knows how to repair your car. He knows how to repair your bicycle. He knows which house is good for you. He knows everything. Everything that we know is because of him. So let's give him that credit and stay quiet, saying, Lord, you know everything. Let me not have this overthinking in me and spoil unwantedly your work in my life. Stop thinking. Please stop thinking. It's This is not going to help us. This is only going to put hurdles in God's plans. Our overthinking is going to drag us away from God's plans. Let's stop thinking, stay in peace, stay in peace. Always, if you're using this brain, use it to evaluate yourself, examine yourself, dig deeper, deeper into yourself and see what you're lacking, where you're going away from God, which thought of yours is dragging you away from the Lord, which thought of yours is giving honor to the enemy, which thought of yours is deceiving you, spend time in evaluating yourself hence it's very important if are we behaving like isaiah 58 2 and 3 check check ourselves let's read jude 116
1: jude 116 yeah okay these people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires They brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want.
0: Is this not the quality that is there in each one of us? My problems, my sorrow, my grief, my pain. She said that to me. He said this to me. I felt very bad. I'm being cheated upon. I am being hurt. Read this Jude one sixteen these people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires and if you remember last week we saw james 1:14:15 that our desire is the reason that gives birth to sin which leads us into destroying our peace so we are the reason for the distress We are the reason for spoiling the happiness that the Lord has already given to us. So when we hear today's word, first thing I would do is stop being depressed. Stop looking at negative things in my life. God, you're precious to God. You are his princess. It doesn't matter whether you have come at nine o'clock, you've come at three o'clock or five o'clock. God is paying equal wages to all god will show his unfailing love and kindness to the five o'clock worker to the three o'clock worker nine o'clock worker and that is god's righteousness he does not show partiality for him all of us today whoever is listening is the same It doesn't matter if you're listening for the first time. It doesn't matter if you've come for the first time. For him, you are his priceless princess. The treasure of his treasure box. Apple of his eye. You're precious. Depression is not from God. Sadness and worry is not from God. Gain hope today. Gain this hope and stand up. Stand up with this hope that he is giving. Third point we will see. God's ways are always just. God's ways are always just. Let's read Matthew 20, 13, 15. So we saw God is always right. And how we are wrong in the way we are thinking and why we are wrong. Now we are seeing his ways are always just. Let's see Matthew 20, 13 to 15 verses.
1: He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? Is that not right? It's
0: his money, it's his kindness, it's his love. When he wants to give it to someone, he will give. Is he not giving me? Only one question, let's all you know put to ourselves. Is God not loving me? Yes, he loves me. Is God not blessing me? Yes, of course, he is blessing me. Is the word of God coming to each one in a different way or is it coming in the same way? Whatever is being spoken is being delivered to every single person in the same way. So, if one person is able to overcome their situation, another person is not able to overcome the situation, one person is growing fast and one person is not growing fast. Should I justify why I have spent my money? It is my wish. God is saying, I am kind to you. I will be kind to another person. You don't question me about why I am kind to that person but rather check that you, even though you have so many sins in you, I have still loved you and showed kindness. Be thankful for that. What he does is always just. We are nobody to evaluate God's justice. We don't understand So it's better to keep quiet and remember and depend and have faith that God is always right. That's it. Period. There is no question in this. That's why here he's saying, friend, I haven't been unfair. He's still explaining. He didn't say you don't ask me. Look at the way he's humbling himself and giving an answer. He's saying friend. He's calling each one of us friend. He wants to be our friend. He's saying, friend, I haven't been unfair. He didn't show, I am the owner. I have employed you. How can you speak? How can you ask me a question? He didn't say all that. He was minding his words. Everything that this knowledge, Jesus Christ is knowledge and wisdom of God and understanding of God. What he displays is, In this parable, he's displaying God's knowledge, wisdom, understanding. A person who has God's knowledge, wisdom, and understanding will be careful about the words that he is speaking. There won't be pride in that word. There won't be ego in that word. There will be gratitude. There will be pleasing attitude. Here he said, friend, I haven't been unfair. He was explaining, which he did not have to do. And he said, didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Did he not? Did, did the landowner go and say, you come and work? Or did he say, listen, I will pay you. Do you want to work? They said, yes, we want to work. God gave, gives us a choice. God has given each one of us a choice. He said, listen, I'm giving you this way to follow. You don't get angry, you don't have jealousiness, you don't have self-pity. If you take these all out, you can see your blessing right in front of you. He said that. He didn't say, take it out now itself. He said, your choice is yours. I'm telling you what all you have piled up in your life. You take a decision. You decide if you want to sleep with your idols or you decide that you will throw your idols and you will sleep with the salvation I'm giving you. Choice is mine. And that's where he says Did you, didn't you agree with the, for, to work all day for usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. It's my wish. Because you all are my workers. You all have come because I have called you, I have chosen you, I have appointed you. So I will do what. I think is right and every action of mine is just. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? What I have to give to the world is salvation. That is why Lord Jesus Christ did not come for Christians. Lord Jesus Christ did not come for people of Israel alone. Lord Jesus Christ came into the world for every single person. Which means, Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world means the way of life has come for every human being to see and walk according to that. It is not about a human being here. I don't see that as a human being. I see The word of God which is coming, let there be light and there was light and that light took the form of a human being only for your sake and my sake, not for anybody else. We need to understand this basic thing. This is the reason why God has asked us to show unfailing kindness to everybody Let's see the fourth point, one more verse, and then last point, Deuteronomy 32, four. Deuteronomy
1: 32, four. Deuteronomy 32, verse four. He is the rock, his deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is.
0: He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. God who is the rock, his deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Whatever God does is right. Put this in our brain and close it. Our situation should not make God wrong. No, our situations are coming for a reason, to give us an experience. How would we know what kind of strength we are holding if there is no situation in our life? A situation in our life is actually the way to recognize how strong we are and how weak we are and what are those junk weaknesses sitting in us That are making us lose our peace. So you should thank God for sending that situation into your life. This is is why God is always right. Because everything comes to us only after taking permission from God. Remember that. So whatever situation you are in today, smile. Because God is behind that situation God is with you, in front of you, and helping you to see the situation in a positive perspective. Today, you may be grieved, but the future is bright. Have patience. God is teaching you patience. God is teaching you perseverance. God is teaching you endurance. God is teaching you long-suffering. God is teaching you to believe in him. If only you can believe. All things are possible to those who believe in me. Lord Jesus Christ told that. That's not a lie because God is not a person. God is not a human to lie. He is the truth. And truth will only display truth. Remember Deuteronomy 32.4. He's perfect. His actions are just. Whatever he does is right. Last point. Are you saying Lord isn't fair? Are you saying Lord isn't fair? Let's read Ezekiel 18.25. 18 verse
1: 25. Yet you say the Lord isn't doing what's right. Listen to me, hmm. O people of Israel. Am I the one not doing what's right? Or is it you?
0: Is it you or is it me? God is asking. Check. Before you make such an allegation on God, before you don't have to say, see, this is what I learned, that we don't have to say that God, you are not fair with me. But the very thought of ours, the very understanding of ours, if we are looking at someone and feeling jealous about the way they are prospering, if we are looking at someone and thinking we don't have what they have, If we are looking at our own self and having self-pity in us, all these are leading to this question. Lord, this is not fair. We don't have to make this statement, but just our very thoughts, our very actions, our very thinking process, our very understanding. Please check. Please check it and see. Are you not happy with what you have? Are you always envious about what others are having instead of being thankful about what you are having? That means you're asking this question. You're saying, God, it's not fair. When we think and we get disturbed about something that we don't have, rather than thanking about what He has given to us, we are asking this question to Him. And the final verse. Romans 8, 2, and
1: 3. Romans 8, 2, and 3. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Mm -hmm. Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that Mm. body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving Mm. his son as a sacrifice for our sins.
0: This verse actually caused a very deep conviction to me. And after listening to this verse, after reading this verse, in my life ever, If I become sad about anything, then I'm a disgrace to God. That is what I thought. This was when you read carefully, it talks about what we think, right? Oh, I'm fasting. I'm reading the Bible. I'm praying. I'm going to church. I love God. I believe in God. I listen to the word of God very frequently. I participate in Bible readings, prayers. All this when we say none of these have given us the freedom from the sin that was going to lead us to death. What freed us is that precious blood which is still alive. You know today when he is speaking that blood which is alive is speaking to us. That blood Is actually replacing the bloodstream in your body. Do you even realize that? The reason why he's saying is saying to each one of us, you come and sit and listen with sincere and willing hearts. If I come down and sit with sincere heart and do not show willingness, he can't clean my bloodstream. He can't clean the organs inside me. He can't clean my heart, which is filled with idols. But if I sit with willingness, that means I'm opening the door of my heart and saying, Lord, please, come, I need you. I need strength. I need cleansing. I need purity and holiness. If we say, God is not giving me what I deserve. Only question I will put in front of all of you and close. If we say that God isn't fair in our life, then he who did not have any sin in him, he who was blameless, he who was spotless, he who did not commit Anything that was grieving to the Father in heaven, he who showed complete obedience was dragged on the roads, stripped off all the clothes, was being spat upon, was being kicked. The the crown filled with thorns was being pressed on his head. And when he was thirsty and he asked for water, he was given vinegar? Was that treatment just? If that treatment was not just, remember, God said it is justified for you and me. God tick-marked that whole act of his son going through the entire crucifixion because of you and me. Today, he has brought, he has paid that ransom and brought each one of our lives. Today, we are living because of that one act of the father. Then, when he could say that is just Now think, is it really right for us to say that God isn't fair in our life because of the way we think about our lives? The way we are looking at our lives is very important. Let's not understand our own selves and our lives and our situations with our understanding because our understanding is always deceiving. Our understanding is always wrong. Let's understand our lives, our own selves, our situations. With the help of God's knowledge and wisdom for which we have to keep seeing the word of God. Listening to the sermons is seeing the word walking and coming to us. If we don't understand these basics in our life, we can never resolve the problems in our life. No, that's where the strong statement that I have in my life that I strongly believe is that if I'm truly believing the living God, if I know Jesus Christ is the way to for truth life, and he's the life giving spirit, then my life should not be like this. With no peace and happiness and so so much of disturbance. No. This is what I will think. Check, check your lives and evaluate. I know that my living God is in my life. I know that he is present in my life. I know he is leading me. Then why are my situations growing with my age? Why is my life not transforming Because I think the answer would be I'm having a wrong understanding of the knowledge and wisdom of God. I'm somewhere in devil's understanding. I'm somewhere deceiving myself by letting the devil take control of the way I'm receiving the word of God. Sincere, willing hearts. These two are very important for all of us. If we don't have this, then no matter how much we hear to the word of God, nothing can help us. We have to remember this. And finally, Proverbs 19.23. Sorry, it is 19.2 and 3. Sorry,
1: Debbie. Oh, okay. 19.2 and 3. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. That's it. I ruin my life. I ruin
0: my happiness. I ruin the peace that God has given me because of a small disturbance. And then I'm complaining that God, look at them. They're talking about me like this. They're behaving like this with me. They don't give me respect. They don't show manners. They insult me. They humiliate me. But why have I landed there? I don't evaluate. Why I have I am in this situation, I don't see. What am I doing to others? I don't evaluate. I don't examine. But always I am complaining about what others are doing to me. Why others are doing this to me. Let's stop that. If there is anything that is not right and just in our lives, he will take control. He will resolve it. So, let's give the control to him and sit with God's understanding. God's understanding should give us peace of mind. So, one way to check if I am in God's understanding or in devil's understanding is your hearts. Are they filled with peace, joy and happiness, hope today or Is there still anxiety in you and is there still fear in you that is instilling anger, self-pity, depression? That means let's throw those out today and ask the spirit of the Lord to give us his understanding. He will define us what we deserve and everything created is for us. We are priceless to him. We are beautifully made, wonderfully made by Father. So he loves you all. He loves each one of us. Let's go with this hope.